Welcome to Change Making Women, the podcast for women who make a difference. With Ziada Bade in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Marianne Clements in London, in the UK. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Change Making Women. This evening, we're excited to have Shoshani with us, and she's an artist in, she's currently in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and uh, she's going to tell us a bit more about herself. Um, I'm in a, in a moment. So Shoshani, it's good to meet you and good to have you on the show. Um, be great. Yes, absolutely. Mm, welcome. Be great Thank to you. hear a bit more about you and what you do. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be chatting with such a... Uh, special ladies all over the world <laughs> it's pretty much fun to have uh, i made uh, secretly made some screenshots of us while we were chatting with video so uh, yeah i'm excited <laughs> I, I think i know I, I would like to start with first your your name your band name i think it's shishani and the namibian tales if yes. i got it correctly it's Correct. very interesting and very unique any significance to that name Absolutely. So I've been making music for some years now already, uh, but it's been two years uh, since um, we started a new group, mm -hmm. The Maybe Tales. And I started it uh, with my friend Shaheen Düring, uh, who's a Turkish-Dutch percussion player based in the Netherlands. And uh, we became friends and slowly got to know each other. And uh, um, we were following each other's lives and at some point he was like, okay, you're doing all this research uh, about Namibia, but uh, what, what, you know, what are you actually doing with the musical traditions from Namibia? So um, this for me was like a turning point because when I grew up, uh, like I was five when I moved to the Netherlands with my parents. Mm -hmm. And in those years, there was no access to any music from Namibia, basically. I mean, we didn't have uh, YouTube and all these things that we have nowadays. Mm. And even today, you still don't have uh, online databases with, uh, with music from Namibia, traditional music. So I, I grew up listening to a lot of Western music, Western popular music, uh, classical music, um, soul, funk, R&B, hip hop, mainly mm. uh, American and European influences. So this was um, something that lived in, in me very strongly to return, let's say, to, to Namibia, but musically. And then through this meeting and, uh, and, this, and this brainstorming, and uh, I really felt like, yeah, this, this is actually something that, that I would really love to do. Um, and this is when the journey began, basically. So uh, it was a whole process of finding musicians that, uh, that could fit with the band that we, that we had envisioned and, um, and really seeing like, okay, how can we approach this? Because um, we're not coming, we're coming from a very cosmopolitan setting. So Amsterdam has every nationality of the world uh, lives here, basically is represented here. And we're dealing with Namibian traditions. So how are we going to do that? So that in itself was a very um, interesting process. So going into, you know, I, I studied the history of Namibia for my thesis, uh, for my research in musicology. So I knew that uh, already, but 
this project really pushed me to go deeper into my family history because I started asking questions about, okay, but where am I from? And what did my family live through? And um, what about the other population groups in, in Namibia? So this whole process has been, um, yeah, it, it really took two years of, of researching and, and figuring out which way to go. And we just released our first album. Uh, this was now in October last year. And we're getting quite some nice responses. And in the meanwhile, I was writing a, a research proposal to actually really dive into the traditional uh, music practices of Namibia. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we got supported by, <clears throat> by uh, UNESCO, International Fund for Cultural Diversity. We got some support from different uh, institutions to really go um, and do research with the people. You know, so we traveled to the Kalahari in November mm. and, uh, and, and, and met with different communities. And we found four amazing grandmothers who have a kick-ass <laughs> repertoire. Wow. And we've been breaking our heads trying to understand the music because it's very rich and very complex. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, this has been a whole journey, you know, coming from, you know, just being, uh, you know, always making music and, and performing to really um, making a very conscious step towards uh, focusing on Namibia as, as I say, the musical inspirational source. I mean, I was always inspired uh, when I was in Namibia and let's say going back and, and finding out, you know, more about my family since I grew up abroad and diving into the music scene. But this was all more, um, let's say, a cosmopolitan vibe, a very modern uh, oriented uh, uh, network mm. and far from, let's say, you know, the traditions happening in the villages, in the outskirts, you know, because in the capital city, you find everybody from anywhere doing anything, mm. but it's quite separated from what's happening in the outskirts and also things that we have no idea about and things that are disappearing, being forced all over the world to, to join this structure. So uh, it, it, we really found it necessary to, to dive into these cultures and, and highlight, you know, the wealth that we have instead of uh, the idea that it's uh, ar archaic, primitive, you know, backward um, places. It's actually a source of so much wealth that mm. we wanted to use in the music. So, yeah, it's been a very, a very intense and beautiful journey in that sense. Mm. Right. So interesting to hear mm. hear that and then um, I'm interested in so so you talked about what you envisaged in the beginning and then what you've learned along the way and I'm interested to know um, how you would describe the music that's in the album that you released recently yeah so um, I would say it's it's very much um, a mixture of other different influences mm. uh, that I've picked up and that every single musician in the group uh, has picked up along our personal journeys. Mm. So we have um, Shaheen During, who is a Turkish-Dutch percussion player, but played, you know, in many parts of the world, collaborated with many people, has been inspired by many different musical cultures, whether it's Afro-Cuban or whether it's Turkish or uh, let's say Oriental music. Um, then we have a, a classically trained Hungarian cellist, uh, and in this project, he's doing a lot of experimental soundscapes um, and he's, he's basically playing bass, uh, but on a cello. So that's, that in itself is something else. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we have Debbie Korfmacher, who's um, German-Dutch, uh, and she 
she traveled to Zimbabwe to learn the bira. So she studied African uh, music in in uh, in England, actually. Yeah, with me, and in fact. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, yeah. she did it with you. Oh my yeah, God! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so she fell in love with with this uh, with mbira, and then she traveled to Zimbabwe to get to know more about it, and then she went to Senegal for the kora. And so she also has all these, you know, stories and influences in, in her personal life that she's bringing to the table. Like every, every single one of us has had their, their journeys. And uh, now it's like, like we're sitting around this treasure chest that you found. Mm. You know, you've dug up this treasure chest. And now it's like everybody can put their two cents in this treasure chest and see how can we make something of this. But how can we make it? Um, from 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 a personal perspective, so it's really that we, we it feels like we're taking something from the chest as well as putting something in there. Mm. So it's very much just like an exchange of of everything that we've heard in our lives and that that feels suitable and that feels let's say natural for the chemistry of these four people. I mean, it would be something completely different if you're with four different individuals. So it's, it's been, yeah, it's, it's been a challenge as well because we come from all these different uh, musical traditions. But, uh, but it, it, I mean, the challenge in itself is it's, it's amazing. It's, it's taught us so much and it's got us out of our comfort zone and it's bringing us closer to something you know, like it's a whole new world working with the sun people so it's um yeah it's it's quite amazing I'm, I'm i'm really really excited about it i'm also interested to know i mean you have different projects especially mm-hmm. um in in namibia um, mm-hmm. um i've read about your project uh, is it bush project bush i think correct me if i'm wrong uh, yeah that's that's project that so this is the collaboration with uh, the quartet Namibian tales together okay. with the sun the Sun people, and they're popularly known as Bushmen, but it's more correct, let's say politically correct to say okay. Sun people, Sun. collective name. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm very interested to know um, what that project entailed and, you know, what inspired you to even start that project and what was the outcome? Yeah. So like I said, is um, growing up without, uh, let's say, an, a direct access to mm-hmm. traditional music forms, uh, there was always an interest. And so I was always roaming around in every library, every music, you know, every CD shop, trying to find any music from Namibia, which I didn't find. Mm. And then at some point, I think maybe I was 12 or so, I found one, or my father actually found one CD. It was a recording of, uh, of the San, the Junghwasi San people, made by a French ethnomusicologist. So I put this on and, you know, I, I was listening with a, like, let's say a framework of pop music because that's what I knew. And it sounded so weird and I didn't understand anything of what I was hearing. So I, I didn't have a direct connection with it, but it was, you know, it, it just lingered in my mind. So then um, two years ago, when I, uh, when I started, you know, thinking of like really going back into these traditional music practices, we were like, wow, you know, what, what people, which, which populations do we have in Namibia? Okay, so you have the Damara people, you have the San people, you have Ovambo, you have, you know, all these different groups. But of the most marginalized people is actually the San. And by going through the, the history, I found out like these, these are actually the oldest people like the people with the oldest DNA in human history, they were the first inhabitants of Southern Africa. And then also got pushed down by Bantu populations and then later also through um, the, the colonial 
forces that came, they were also again pushed further and further away um, into more arid and more difficult spaces to live. And especially now with, let's say, this, this whole um, urge to, to, to own land and people buying farms and making fences and, and pushing them further and further into reserves, basically, like, uh, like the Native American populations, like a lot of indigenous populations around the world, where they're separated from um, living how they have done for tens of thousands of years. So it was also this idea of um, having this interest in, in these people and also remembering like, wow, you know, this, this one CD that I found in 20 years of living in the Netherlands. And I, I just put it on again. I was like, wow, this is, this is quite something, you know, it really, it's a whole new world, but, um, mm. but it's so worth just, you know, just, just taking up the chance to go and figure out what it's about and learn more. And luckily we got um, the support, like we wrote uh, some research proposals and we got support from the Goethe Institute in, uh, in Vintuk. And they, they, they helped us um, do our first journey in November 2016, last year. And we went there not knowing who or what we were going to find. And um, it was actually such an amazing trip and people we met and experiences we had and the fun of just playing music together was, was amazing. And then you, I mean, people always say music is a universal language and I've experienced that um, through different travels. But in this specific travel, it was, so, it was so clear that, you know, I mean, this language is very far from anything I speak. My mom, my mom is Oshiwamba speaking, which is a completely different Bantu language. So it doesn't have clicks. It's, it's a very foreign thing for me. But then the moment that we started making the music inspired by them and I started chanting um, sounds that I, that I took from them, it was like there was an, an immediate click. We, we connected. Everybody just understood what it was about and the whole village was dancing. We were partying together for hours. Mm -hmm. So this in itself, it showed like, you know, the power, the power of communicating through music. So this is what we aim for, um, collaborating with, uh, with this quartet, uh, with Namibian Tales, and f these four grandmothers that we met uh, in the area of, of Tsumkwe. And uh, we want to, we're aiming to do two concerts in June and uh, record a live album and then uh, plan a summer tour in Europe in 2018 altogether. So really have an exchange of, of let's say, Europe and, 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 and Africa coming together. And tell me a bit more about these grandmothers. They sound interesting. So are they sort of the, 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 the people that, norm that normally help hold the musical? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So the story goes that the men generally, they're hunters and they go out on trips, hunting mm -hmm. trips, they mm -hmm. stay away for days and then the women stay uh, behind and they're the ones in charge of actually you know creating songs and, and, and performing them so they they know all these songs they're let's say the guardians uh, mm. to put it romantically but they are the guardians of this tradition or these traditions so as we got there we noticed that there was one lady um, who was the leader she was clearly the leader she started every song and uh, when we were trying to ask her like okay um you know, how do we start a song? Because how they start and end uh, uh, pieces for us is still a mystery. We're still trying to find out, like, what are they doing? And then all of a sudden it's on. And yeah, so we, we, we realized, like, she's the go-to person. 
and we, I wasn't able to, to talk to her because we don't speak the same language. We had a guide with us uh, who, who could translate our questions and their answers, but we didn't have enough time to really sit down and, and talk. But it was more of like just reading her energy and, um, and just feeling, feeling these women. And there was such a, a sense of being rooted Mm. You know, be completely rooted. And I also saw her like looking at us a few times and wondering like, okay, what do the guy, these guys actually want from us? <laughs> like, do they come here with good intent or are these just people trying to make money on us? Or like, I could, I could just hear her thoughts basically. Yeah. So she was, she was just checking out the situation. And, um, but I think she, f- she felt because we tried to spend as much time as possible. And because we couldn't talk, we just started singing or playing or dancing. And she really felt, you know, that, that we were, we were, you know, honestly interested in the music, you know, yeah. and we didn't want them to come and perform a little dance and look primitive and tribal so we could take nice pictures and show people at home. It was like, we wanted to know what are these songs about? You know, what are the lyrics? Where does it come from? Who wrote these songs? Um, you know, how do you teach this to the kids? Is there still an interest in this music? We had all these questions. And I think she felt, felt that interest. And at yeah. the same time, you know, the, there was this, this, this normal, let's say, not friction, but just the difference between us coming as outsiders from this community. Um, and then, of course, coming with a camera and coming with a, a recorder. And um, basically saying, you know, like the... The, the, the foreigners coming with their rich things and trying to, you know, record and capture and, and, and go away. Yeah. And then let's say the other side of people living in rural areas in very difficult situations with barely any income and uh, let's say financially challenged and, and, and socially challenged, politically challenged people. So there was this kind of normal tension, you know? But I, I felt that by making music, we completely like elevated from this status. It wasn't anymore about, okay, those with money versus those without money or those um, from the West or from wherever versus people from the Kalahari. It, I mean, it, there was such a, um, a magical meeting actually where, where really it, it, it just came to individual uh, encounters and interactions so for me, it was a very powerful meeting. And these women, they, I mean, they're rooted. They, they laugh, you know, we're there, you know, trying to catch the sun for the film. And they're like, hold up. I need to smoke my cigarette. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really they, they did their own thing and they were just you know checking us out yeah. and then after a few days they were like yeah these people are cool and we had more fun and we you know we ate together we sat around the fire uh, yeah they played games we played music we sang together so these grandmas they they really i don't know there's so, so much strength like um, when you think of like women and coming from such a difficult situation and oppression mm. and all these things it didn't feel like that at all they mm. felt completely in charge and mm. this was something very special to feel also and it was also something very interesting about their particular culture because historically and, and it's it's hard to say like when when exactly and how exactly but it's it's they're small nomadic tribes that you know travel um around and and basically go where they can hunt and live and it's just a clear division of okay these people do this or the women they gather the men they hunt but it wasn't like a a hierarchy between men own the women you know there's no feeling of possession or standing above the other or 
it felt like a yeah it, the the energy was is quite different from from other places that I've traveled to uh, throughout Africa or other you know in India or or other places even in Europe like it's clear that this person or this human is a is a female or a male but everybody felt like they were in their own right and in their own power and in their own strength and that was also a very special thing to feel and i feel like they they're so connected with with nature it's like it's a whole different perception like time also felt like it was slower mm-hmm. even though i mean it it does it's not slower but the perception of just going living with the rhythm of of nature and i feel like that's something that they still have and it's and i and we all feel like that is actually such a wealth you know of of knowing how to deal with nature. I mean, we're all stuck to our, our laptops and our smartphones and our WhatsApps and our whatever, but if electricity falls out, we're all just going to go, you know, haywire. You know, everybody's going to freak out. And they, I mean, they understand yeah. the, the rhythms, you know, of nature. And I don't want to over-romanticize it, but I, I do think that it's, it's a quality that we could look up to rather than look down on. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So what motivates you, you know, to keep going? Ooh, I would say uh, interactions with people. Mm. So I always feel that if, if I really wanted to make, make money and be famous and, uh, you know, be a big pop star and be on billboards, I would have made different choices in life when it comes to musical career and different styles of music and I've had those offers uh, but it also didn't feel like anything that I could do it would feel like a gimmick that I'm doing to get rich <laughs> you know and uh, and then probably be in rehab afterwards so mm-hmm. I, I felt very strongly already I think from 16 17 18 like I want to do something that 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 I could keep doing for the rest of my life so I I made choices based upon that and then when I made a big step for myself this was 2011 when I moved back to Namibia for a couple of months uh, I was actually doing my internship Uh, I was studying anthropology and I was studying women in film and television making in Namibia and at the same time I was still performing Uh, so I did my bachelor's and I was always making music along um, alongside of that and I played songs and I was actually forced to to learn guitar because I didn't have uh, musicians around me uh, when I just arrived and I had my first gig in two weeks. So I ran to the shop and I bought a guitar and that was my deadline. <laughs> two weeks my later, thoughts. I had to. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's basically how I started playing guitar. And since that moment, I, I realized like I found so much freedom in that it, it gave so much in, independence because before this I was always you know dependent on somebody playing for me um, you know you're dependent on somebody and now I could just go anywhere and do anything at any time and really just giving me so much uh, support and courage that I felt that I realized like this is something that I should do uh, that I should do you know that I should practice and um, yeah, the more I started speaking my, my stories and, and being actually very vulnerable in, my, um, in what I felt through my lyrics, the more response I got and the more support I got. And the more I was afraid of, of like, oh my God, people shouldn't know this or people shouldn't know that. Or, you know, the fact that uh, like I, I traveled there with my first with my girlfriend and these were all things that, that stressed me out. Um, because I was afraid of what's happening, you know, the, the, how society will look at you and treat you and also treat my, my mother in that sense, you know, because uh, everybody would look at her and be like, you see what happens when you raise your, your daughter in, in Europe, you know, things go wrong. <laughs> so so I, I, I felt like by me being more and more honest, I got so much support, more than I imagined. And all this... Uh, 
you know, whether it was just people giving you hugs or really just messages pouring in in my inboxes or, or people coming up to me and, and even giving me presents, giving me words of, of, of comfort, advice and strength. This, it just showed me like I'm on the right path. This is what I should be doing. Mm. And, and this is what, even until today, I mean, the, the people that have been supporting since that, since that day and even now, the new people that just send me little messages and like, I love what you're doing. Please keep going on. And these small things just, just remind me of the fact that, yeah, this, you know, this, this gives me so much, uh, such a feeling of appreciation that I'm on the right path. It's certainly something that I've experienced. Um, well. um, encounters where, like I was playing in a, in a bar in Amsterdam a couple of years ago. And I think there were literally 10 to 15 people in the bar. And uh, it was it was like a horribly paid gig, and um, you even had to fight to get your two free beers and these kind of things. And I was playing with a band of five. And then after the show, there was um, an elderly couple that came came up to me, and their eyes were you know red. And I thought, okay, maybe it's because of all the smoke in this cafe. But then later, I saw that it, that it was tears. And then the the woman said to me like. I'm here, you know, we're on the city trip. Um, we've been together for like 30 years. And today, uh, because of, you know, the songs that you guys were playing, you know, he finally asked me to marry him 30 years later. So for me, like there were 10 people in the bar. I got two beers and 10 euros <laughs> because you had to, you know, share your 50 euro uh, money. But this story and these people coming to you like teary-eyed and asking if you're going to play on their wedding and i mean this to me was like worth more than anything that i've earned money like monetary wise or having you know people coming up to you and saying like yeah because of what you said like i feel like i can have the courage to be myself and i'm just going to speak my truth and i'm just gonna you know i'm not gonna worry about what people think of me anymore and you know these kind of things for me that is success that is what gave me like you know just the power to, to do what you do and 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 not compromise on that it, it sounds like um you really make a difference to people through your music and i i wonder if like that's something that you think about consciously as well with the project with namibian tales and the and the um the project visiting the sun and stuff like how that might make a difference to people to them or to people listening i don't know is that something that you think about consciously or whether you just follow your creative yeah. and just to add on, on your question marianne yeah. um, at the same time you know like the diversity that's around for instance the group itself I mean, how do mm. they portray those stories or how do they tell those stories, uh, you know, coming from different, different tribes, different traditions and so on? How mm. do you put that together and tell their stories through your music as well? I would say that it's not, it's not, it, it's not like you, you go out there and you feel like, okay, I need to make people feel a specific way and that's why I'm going to say specific things or do, you know, act a certain way. Right. I think the more honest you are, like in your in your emotions, you know, I remember like <laughs> I like maybe I had two or three times that I, I had to sing a song and I just nearly cried because I, I, I zoomed in so strongly into how I felt when I wrote the song that, you know, that I just went back to that feeling. And yeah. the, 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 the more honest you are 
And the more you give, in a way, the more people also feel it and they resonate with it. Because like, if somebody is, is genuinely quirky, let's say, and funny, you know, anybody could appreciate that and, and, and feel it and laugh and giggle. And, or if somebody's you know, really emotional, you, you can feel it and you, it resonates in a way. So I think the more you, you tune into where you are emotionally, how you feel, that that is what appeals to people you know and that's what resonates with them it's not like a like a formula that you that you you know type in and then play out to make people feel something and the same thing with uh, with this group now since we're all you know from such different backgrounds everybody generally has their own voice and their own sound and their own story and their own energy and i think just just being able to portray that and, and to, to share that. I mean, people feel, you know, interaction between people. They, you can read it on stage. You can feel it. So in a way, you don't have to pretend to represent anything. You just really have to be. So yeah. also in the collaboration with these, with these women. I mean, the most fun thing is that probably we'll have some miscommunications on stage as well. And I think that's going to be the fun part also because we come from such different worlds. But we're putting in the effort to work together. So I think everything has to do with, with a sense of honesty. And, and yeah, the word authentic is, is very difficult to use. But when you feel that something is pure, it, it resonates. Yeah, interesting. And I think that's an interesting thing for people to think about in other, you know, people listening might think about in other um, mm. kinds of work or art, right? That so often we get caught up in like what we think we're trying to do or what we think we're trying to achieve. And yet it's often then that we lose the, when we, when we get too worried about that, we mm. lose that authenticity or honesty that you're talking about that comes from kind of just speaking it how it is or doing it how it is. You know, there's something that we lose sometimes. So I think yeah. it's such a useful message for people, whatever they're, whatever they're doing in the world yeah really i mean i'm sure that you can imagine like uh, your favorite art, and maybe your favorite artist always did what they what they wanted to do but sometimes you feel like somebody came out with something and it doesn't matter whether it's a musician or a theater maker or a dancer or whatever and then maybe they get some success with that and then you know there's this expectancy of what they should be or that they could earn more money or they could be more commercial and they could make more and then you just feel this in in the next product you know this is how i stopped listening to some of my favorite artists because i felt this commercial pressure behind them and i didn't feel the music they were doing anymore yeah. because you just you notice that that it was money driven and that some company was saying, okay, you need to make, you know, these albums in three years and blah, blah, blah. You feel it. You see people absolutely. change, yeah. you know? And, and, and I think it's for anything you do, whatever business you do, whatever creative industry or whatever it is that you do in life, I think that's, that's what you notice, you know? Um, yeah. So for myself, it was also like, I've also felt this pressure. And I've also had people say, like, if you don't make it before you're 30, it's, you're going to be old and you can forget about it, you know? Because they're like, okay, we can sell your face until you're, what, 35? And then you maybe need some Botox and then, I don't know, you know? You're right with the So head, this right? is... <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, um, these pressures are real and it depends on what industry you are. And I also really understand you know, uh, the pressures behind artists that do fall into this because there's so much money behind it and there's 
so much pressure because if people need to earn money on you, you are the product. So they need to keep, you know, they need to make sure that they can earn their money back. So I, I do understand this, this pressure, but I also knew that I wouldn't be able to, to, to handle this pressure that I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not capable and I don't want to. Yeah. And so the path that you see instead with this, this project and, and, um, and the way it's taking you, do you have like um, an idea or, or a, some sort of intention or vision about where it's going beyond the, the, the kind of um, practical things you have planned in the next year or two? Or is it, is it purely like an open book? <laughs> well, it's both because we can't really predict how this collaboration is going to be because it's new for all of us. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're going to the Color in June. We're going to rehearse and then to uh, bring the, uh, to Vintuk. Mm-hmm. It would be their first time coming to, we don't know, maybe they hate it. You don't know. We want yeah. to take them to Europe, but maybe they absolutely don't feel like, or maybe they do. We don't know. But the intent is to show, to showcase the, um, you know, the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say high class, but in a very respected way, like put them center stage, have them tell their own story in their own language, you know, on their own terms and not people coming and trying to represent them. And, uh, you know, because we're also fetishists of what is traditional and uh, what, what our ideas are about you know, African musicians and, and who Bushmen are and all these things and what they should look like. But it's much more interesting to see like what, what they have to showcase for themselves. And we're, we're all going to bring our own flavor into it, you know, so us with the Namibian Tales Quartet and then them with their own, you know, um, dances and talks and laughs. And so it's, it's very much about um, just creating a space and, and, and a platform for us to showcase this, because generally uh, you would maybe see their performances in, in the setting of a living museum, which in itself is also kind of debatable context, you know, of placing people and, and pretending that, you know, it's like an archaic form that has never changed and will never change. And these are, you know, specific people that, that do this. But of course, everybody changes and people have phones and, mm. you know, it's like also not trying to keep people in a specific way, just like all the stereotypes about what Africa is or who Africans are or these things is just, just like creating a, a platform and sharing it and, and, mm. and looking at each other as equals, a very different mm. from completely different contexts, but that's what makes it great and, and exciting. So with your music and your work, what are some of your biggest challenges? Biggest challenges for me, um, honestly, was like I have so many different interests, also musically, stylistically, that I felt a strong pressure to have to sit in one box, basically, to be market, marketed and marketable. Mm-hmm. I think more, more artists have this, but I really respect those that that um, through their own creative process as an artist, which changes. Yeah. So for me, this, this has been a challenge also because, you know, the different offers that I've gotten in, in life, they were stuck to a specific genre, let's say, and then they want to push you as a specific artist. But I'm like, well, I'm doing this right now. And, uh, and maybe I'm, I'm, you know, this is where I am now, but it doesn't say that this is who I am forever. And, uh, uh, I think that's also 
you know, one of the pressures of, let's say, commercial and popular music industries that, you know, once you're, a, let's say, a pop singer or a rock singer or a reggae singer, then that's what people expect of you. Yeah. And to me, like, the world is so full of different influences that I want to be able to, to be inspired and also create together with, you know, these different phases of life because we change. I'm not the same as I was a year ago or two years ago and I won't be the same in five years. So I also don't want to be limited by these brand boxes, you know, so that, that in a sense is, is limiting. Like how do you stay close to your identity in a way of just being you in the moment, you know, because that will change. So this, this to me is challenging. But nonetheless, I, I've kind of always <laughs> gone with what I felt like. So it hasn't really stopped me from changing in that way so but it, it's challenging in the way of, of selling and uh, being commercially successful and uh, and and with the album that you've made so far how have you um did you release that yourselves or did you you know have you how have you marketed and sort of promoted it and yeah so this is um actually an album that has been received really really nicely we've had some great reviews and there's a lot of interest in this project mainly because people haven't heard much about uh, Namibia um, mm-hmm. you know people around the world they're like what where Namibia where's that is it an Arabic country they, like they don't know how where to place it and um, so there's an interest in it and um, I think also because of the instrument instrumentation so the combination of sounds is also quite special in a way like <laughs> us all coming from different places and it's it's actually been uh, the work of of, uh, of Shine Duding to really promote it so the the labels that say Mundus Productions, so mm-hmm. it's an independent label, and we work together with Chango Records, and it's been going really well so far. So it's also like uh, artists pushing themselves to make it uh, make it in in the big bad world. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, great. And then I think you should tell um, our listeners how they can get hold of or listen to your album, maybe as well. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. So everything that has to do with this uh, project, Namibian Tales, you can find on www.namibiantales.com. And then uh, I have music as well from, let's say, before I started this project, more of my solo work, and that you can find on www.shishani.nl. And can we find you on the, on the kind of um, iTunes of this world as well? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> You can find the music on uh, CD Baby, iTunes, I think Spotify as well. Then on YouTube, of course, you can find um, all kinds of videos. Videos and stuff. Great. One last uh, fun question. When you're not doing your music, when you're not doing any of your projects, what do you do Mm. for relaxation? (laughs) Relaxation. Well, it can be different things. Like, I can really enjoy silence. And uh, (laughs) I have found a new... Really? Right? (laughs) tell me you're another person who enjoys silence so much as much as I do yes absolutely absolutely so I love I actually like taking walks I really love just hanging out with with friends that gives me so much energy as well yeah I don't know I think what what is important for me is basically how do I create you know a sense of peace and and space and, and tranquility because like I'm running around generally and then my head is also running around most of the time. So I re- really enjoy when I can just relax and enjoy and 
I love, I love that for a musician that silence is relaxing. I guess that makes sense, right? <laughs> yes. No, I mean, yeah. I think in the regular life, I mean, I enjoy silence. I don't put radio in my car. I go to work <laughs> yeah. in silence. I come back home in silence. It's just, yeah. I'm like, I enjoy it, you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, this was definitely a pleasure, Shani. It's just absolutely amazing. It was great chatting doing. to you. Same for you, same for you. I really enjoy the platform. I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I think it's necessary also. And it's great, you know, when you're seeing, when you're seeing for, for once, okay, there are other people, but when you see the traditions are portrayed in a positive way, not just primitive and, yeah, yeah. so positivity at the yeah. end of the day, yeah, you know. They absolutely forget that these people are actually people who have lives. That's it, you that's know? it, yeah. Right, absolutely. And knowing that we can learn from, from, from each other. We can learn a lot from each yeah. other, exactly. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I so support yeah. that as well. And it's something that, I, yeah, it's something that's always bugged me. <laughs> so it's great. It, it does, it does, yeah. It's great to see you taking it on in a way that's like um, uh, positive, as, as um, Zia just says, because so often it's like, you have that kind of like, oh, this is some traditional music, or you just mm-hmm. think, oh, I don't know how to deal with it, so I'll just kind of say, well, I don't want, I don't want Take to take over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So mm. you just, but I, I love the way that you're engaging with that, but in a way that's very feels very um, positive and yeah, also honest, like yeah. You know, not only because it's like uh, philosophically like that like i really felt like as we were there yeah. like wow i don't understand i don't understand what's going on like let me just listen and see and learn so yeah. in that case like you never know what you can learn from any other person next That's door right. or in the grocery shop or right. somewhere far away in another country or in a small village somewhere Absolutely. so i think generally we just have to shift that idea of you know, this Eurocentric Western minded thing, like this is knowledge and this is music and all the rest is like, you know, primitive stuff and mm. we will bring harmony and we will bring arrangements. And no, it's more like, what can we learn from each other? And that is such a nice and exciting space to be in because you also get put out of your comfort zone and you also Absolutely. learn that you don't know everything. So in yeah. that sense, you know, you, you're brought back closer to the fundaments. Like, yeah, you can learn from any situation and from any person. Beautiful. All, All right. right. Thanks so much for coming on this show. Yeah, same to you. Thanks for having me. I'm singing for justice And I'll sing until I've got just what I need oh, And our theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com. <laughs>